You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 80, Getting Unstuck with Shira Gura. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. You're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected. This is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hi, Mama. Welcome to today's podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I just got the most beautiful comment on my website, and I want to share it with you. It's from Jen, and she had just listened to episode 67, The Problem with Praise, and she wrote... I have been listening to the podcast for a few weeks now and making my way through from the start. I have a four-year-old and 18-month-old twins, all boys. I have strived to be a gentle parent and not shout, but up until now failed. Since listening to the podcast, I can notice changes in myself and also changes in my four-year-old's behavior. He listens better, and I think he feels a lot happier now that we discuss more and shout less. Today, he made a fab Lego house all by himself. Usually I would say, wow, good job, which he never really replies to. But today I said, wow, I can see you have worked so hard at making that house. Look at all the colors. To which he responded, it's my rainbow house and I'm a builder. You can be my builder mate. You can help me if you like. And we sat there and made the house even bigger together. I have suffered with severe anxiety since having the twins as my twin too has been in and out of hospital. I'm starting to feel calmer and catch myself before I explode into an anxious, reactive, shouty mess. And for that, I thank you. Thanks for making all this great information into a podcast, which is so easy to listen to. Yay, Jen, thank you so much for sharing that beautiful story of the Lego house. I'm so glad this podcast is helping you. And today's guest has some amazing stories of her own to share with you, and I'm very excited to introduce you to Shira Gura. Shira is a well-being coach on a mission to create an emotionally healthy world. She's the author of the book, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, and the host of the Living Deliberately podcast. Through her workshops and retreats, she helps people create and live the lives they want to live. She lives in Israel with her husband and four children. So please enjoy this interview with Shira Gura. Shira Gura, welcome to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. Thank you so much. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Sure. So I was born and raised in New Jersey. About 10 years ago, I moved to Israel with my husband and our three kids. Um, About a year after we moved here, we had one more. So we have four children. We live in Northern Israel on a small kibbutz. And I am a well-being coach and I help people in their lives um, basically get unstuck. I help them to, to deal with their emotions and to to get through difficult and challenging, emotionally challenging situations using a self-help tool that I created called the Unstuck Method. 
Awesome. So, so we're going to get, we're going to dive deep into that method in a minute, but I, I just have a couple questions. Like, why did you make the decision to move to Israel with three children? So my husband is Israeli. He was doing relocation. So he moved to the States at the same time that I was doing my master's degree in Boston University in occupational therapy. So he and I met there. I always had a passion for Israel and I always thought that I was going to move back. And he told me, well, I'm here for two years and I'm supposed to actually go back in two years at the same time that my program was supposed to finish. So I kind of felt like the first night that we met, I kind of felt like it was, there was a Yiddish word called beshert, like it was like meant to be. It didn't quite happen that 11 years after that date, you know, we, uh, we made the decision to move, but um but I always wanted to, and my husband really never wanted to stay in the States. He really felt like a fish out of water. Mm, okay. Well, I should mention, first of all, that I also went to Boston University for graduate school, uh -oh. and I should also give a shout out to our mutual friend, Jen, who, yes. in, who put us in touch with one another. So hi, Jen, if you're listening, we love you. Okay. So you made the move to Israel, and what were you doing in terms of your work? So when I moved to Israel, the first and most important thing at that time was for me to acclimate myself and to acclimate my kids to a new country, a new culture, a new language. That was my main priority. After I did that, which took a few months, the first job that I found was basically doing fundraising. I, I was basically looking for work that was in English. Well, Hebrew is very good. I did not want to work in Hebrew. So I was looking for a job in English. I found something right on the kibbutz, which was fundraising. And I did that for a couple of years until I we had our fourth uh, child. And then I took a year off. And then I did a little bit more work with another company. It was with a sociologist and I was doing some uh, research with him. And it was actually during that time that I started a blog that I had no professional goals from this blog. It was a personal blog mm -hmm. called it stuck in the muck 365. And I was writing once a week. I was, I mean, it was really just a way to communicate with my family. I was writing, right. to, you know, like showing my parents and showing my siblings about what was going on here, daily life and kind of the culture shock of moving to a new country and so I was doing that on the side while I was working. And it was that blog that basically started this whole kind of new path for me. Okay. So you were stuck in the muck. <laughs> and what did that look like for you? What did that mean? And then how did you, because your, your method is about getting unstuck. Tell us a little bit about how you got yourself unstuck and then decided to help other women be, mm -hmm. get unstuck. Yeah. So I'm also a yoga instructor. I, I studied yoga when I was in graduate school. So for 20 years, I've been teaching and practicing yoga and meditation. And that was basically my, my tool, mm -hmm. basically my tool for when I got into a, a difficult situation, you know, stuck on anger, stuck on frustration, stuck on disappointment with someone it's like mindfulness, right? Like everyone's using that word, like just, just be mindful, which is great to help you notice what you're feeling. But I never felt like it was enough 
to get me out of a situation. Hmm. So I was blogging, like I'm stuck on this, I'm stuck on this. And basically it was just a way for me to reflect on, okay, now look at it. It was all in your head. Now it's all on paper. It's on the computer. Look at it and like, see what you can make of it. And that's how it was for about a year or a year and a half or two. I have no idea. I was just blogging once a week. Again, a lot of it was just basically a way to stay in connection with my family in the States because I have no family here and everyone wanted to know what was going on. So that was like my main impetus. It wasn't, I wasn't trying to create like a tool or anything like that. And then maybe about a year or two years into blogging, I created this tool at, at the time, I called it the stuck method. Now I call it the unstuck method because it just makes more sense that you would call right. it. But it is an acronym and it's, so it's S-T-U-C-K. And so what I did was I, I created this method so that I could not only just reflect on the words and reflect on the story, I could actually move myself from point A to point B. Like I could move myself from stuck to unstuck step by step, you know, not just like, you know, let's just be mindful and look at things, but actually let's do something about it. Mm-hmm. That, and then, and then, yeah. And then basically you asked, how did I get to work, you know, start working with other people? The, the short story is the, the blog grew an audience. I wasn't really trying again to grow an audience, but it grew an audience. And then a lot of the subscribers were saying, you really need to turn this into a book. You have a tool here that could help so many people. And I was like, but I'm not an author and I don't even know how to write a book. And Long story short, I wrote a book. It won an award. It was the uh, 2017 winner of the International Book Award. And then as I was writing the book, I created some groups on my kibbutz. I said, you know, while I'm writing the book, I think it would be really helpful if I like taught you this tool that I'm using so that I could hear your questions and, you know, maybe your insights could help me with the book. And it was that practice of like bringing it to other people and recognizing how it was so powerful in their lives, like really helping them out of really difficult places that I realized, well, you know, between my work in studying psychology and occupational therapy and yoga and, you know, and the meditation and all of that, I was like, I could be doing this for not just the people on my kibbutz, but I could really be bringing this to the world. So that's, that's kind of how that happened. That's so amazing. I love it. I love that. So Let's talk about you have what one of the things that I love about the book is how many personal stories. I mean, it's basically all personal stories, right? And how you've used your method to help yourself through those times. So I don't know if you have a favorite story that you'd like to share, you know, or one or two of the stories and explain like where you were stuck and how you got yourself unstuck or, or should we start first by talking about the five steps? Well, I could um, walk you through the steps by using one of the stories. Okay, perfect. Okay, yeah. let's do that. Do both at the same time. Yeah. Okay. So I can use one of the earliest stories from the book, which I think is one that a lot of people might recognize themselves in. Mm-hmm. So the story is about me preparing um, a dinner, a Friday night dinner for my family, working really hard, cleaning the whole house you know, kind of slaving in the kitchen, making fresh bread and salmon and soup and salads and all of that. And I really go all out on Fridays. Like it's the one day of the week that I go out, all out for meals and really just making the house look nice. Yeah. And I sat down to that meal exhausted and kind of, you know, expecting that, you know, 
people were going to say, mention something about somebody. somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and I sat down and, you know, we did the blessings and I brought out the soup and nobody said anything. And I, I started feeling stuck. You know, I'm like upset with my kids that they're not saying anything. I'm upset with my husband who's not modeling to my kids how to be, you know, acknowledging and how to be praising of other people. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I were not here in this house, they would not be sitting down to a meal. Like, you know, I just like kept getting more stuff. So you were feeling resentful, right? Because your thought was like, they should appreciate all the work, all the hard work that I've done. I mean, what mom cannot relate to that story. Right. I personally can for sure. Yeah. I mean, resent, that's one emotion, resent, you know, resentful. I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was maybe angry. There were a lot, you know, a lot of emotions in them. And it's silly. It's like such a stupid, like, you know, not a big life altering problem, but in that moment, it was like in that yeah. moment, it was like the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to bring out the fish. Cause when I bring out the salmon and I cooked it in this like iron cast skillet for the first time. So it kind of tasted like it was on the bar, you know, on the range. I was like, for sure, someone's going to say something. <laughs> and I brought it out and they were just like, you know, mm, and they were like, oh, you know, but they weren't saying anything to me specifically. You know, they were not acknowledging me. And I was getting even more upset. And I noticed this is what I do sometimes when I get upset is I, uh, kind of numb myself, right? And I start taking my hands and I stick it inside of the bread and I'm starting to eat more bread, even though I wasn't even hungry. Mm-hmm. And I was myself feel better. And it basically, at some point, I just realized, you know, Shira, you're stuck and what you're doing is not helping you. You could be doing something else to make you feel better and to impact the environment. Because obviously how I was acting was not creating good energy for the table, So that takes a lot of awareness to get to the point where you can recognize you're being stuck, right? That's like the first step in everything that, that I teach, right? Is just the awareness of what's happening in your body, in your mind. And so at this point, when you're having this experience, how far along were you in your own process or journey in figuring this stuff out? I mean, I would say that was probably about maybe three years into, into journaling weekly. Okay. Like awareness, you have to have awareness in, in order to use this tool. If you're not, now most people aren't aware, right? That they're stuck. Most people are blaming, which is what I was doing, right? right. Most people are blaming other people. It's because of them that I'm feeling this. Right. But the matter is it has nothing to do with them. It's I'm creating this. I'm, I'm the one who's stuck, right? It doesn't right. matter what's going on outside of me. It's I'm, I'm the one who's stuck. It takes a lot of awareness. And I, I think the best way to gain awareness, at least from my, my personal experience, is through consistent daily practice of, for me, it's journaling. Mm-hmm. So it's consistent daily, like taking out a, a journal every single day and writing one, just writing, you know, in the beginning, if you don't even yeah. have a it, it's like, just, just write a page and just notice what comes out of your mind and onto the paper. Because I would say 99% of the time, most people are stuck and they're not aware of it. But if they're writing it down and they take it out and they can see it on the piece of paper, they can be a lot less 
subjective. They can be more objective when it's on the paper and they could really kind of own like, oh my gosh, that was in my mind. That's what I'm thinking. And yeah, that's kind of, that's, that's kind of stuck. You know, that's kind of like not clean. That's not pure, you know, thinking. So I think that's a great way to increase awareness. Okay. It's just by writing and journaling your, what, what's in your mind and getting it out on paper. I agree. I, I, you know, do the same things with my clients, just having them, I call it a thought download or a brain dump or something like that. Just get all your thoughts out on paper so you can have a look at them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so tell us how you got unstuck. What are the five steps? Right. So I'm sitting here at the table and I notice I'm stuck. So the first thing I do is S, I take a stop. And this is the mindfulness piece, right? So my, this model, this tool is based on, um, basically it's based on three of the maybe best of the best psychological modalities of, that are in existence today. So one is mindfulness, one is CBT, and one is compassion therapy. So S is the mindfulness. And this is where basically you pause, you turn to something that is tangible in the moment, which for me, I just use the breath because it's the easiest. Mm-hmm. And I notice it. I direct my attention to the breath. I kind of step out of the story that I'm in and direct myself to something that's in the present moment, which is the breath. And I just, sometimes I'll take two breaths. Sometimes I'll take five. That's not always the stop I take. Sometimes the stop is me leaving the room. Like literally I I need to leave the room and come back. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I lay on my back, like in Shavasana, like in a yoga pose, there's lots of different ways, but the first thing you need to do is stop because you're spiraling, like your mm-hmm. mind is spiraling in thoughts and you can't get unstuck if you're spiraling. So the first thing is S, you stop. T is for tell. And this is where you identify your emotions. So this is basically where you're recognizing what you're feeling and you're identifying the thoughts and you're allowing yourself to feel them, right? You're not pushing them away. You're not resisting them. You're not saying I shouldn't be feeling them, right? So in that moment, I was saying to myself, not out loud, by the way, right? Nobody knew that I was getting myself unstuck, which is one of the awesome things about this tool or any tool really, is that nobody needs to know that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So I was, and quietly, I was saying to myself, I'm stuck on resentment. I'm stuck on disappointment. I'm stuck on frustration. And I was like looking at like each person at the table and I'm saying all of these. And I was just, and I just allowed myself to feel that. And then you, I'm going through it very quickly, obviously. There's, no, no, it's, it's good. Yeah, okay. So you is for uncover. And this is where we identify our thoughts, right? Because as you know, the thoughts create emotions. So if I want to know why am I feeling resentful or why am I feeling disappointed, all I need to do is ask myself, well, why are you feeling that? And that will, the answer will be a thought. And so in this step, you basically list out or you write out Everything that you can think of that you're thinking, whatever it is that you're thinking without judging yourself, you just write out what are you thinking, right? So okay. I re- my husband should, should acknowledge yeah. me. He should set a good example. My kids are so ungrateful. Anything that comes to mind. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I suggest in this step to actually start all of those sentences with I believe. Because mm-hmm. if you start the mark with I believe, it kind of tricks the mind or it kind of like tells the mind, wait a minute. We're going to check into that. Like, is that a belief or is that a truth with a you know, capital T? So it's like, I believe my husband should be acknowledging me. 
So the second part of this uncover step is investigating it. Is that true? And most of the time, the thoughts that come into our minds, they're not true. They're what called limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And it's helpful when you recognize that your thoughts are not true, because what that does is that opens you up to huge other opportunities and possibilities to acknowledge what else might be true that you can't see in that moment. Mm-hmm. So once you acknowledge that at least one of your thoughts isn't true, well, that means your story is not as stable as it was. So you can go on to the next step, which is C, and that stands for consider. Yeah, this is my favorite step, by the way. I love the C step, the consider. Tell us about that. Yeah, I love it too. It's kind of, it's like yoga for the mind. It's like stretching your mind, stretching the muscles in your mind to recognize what else is possible in this moment that you just Mm -hmm. can't or that I couldn't see, you know, but now that I've uncovered my thoughts and I've recognized, well, that's not true. That's not a hundred percent true. That's really not true. Well, what else is left? So in that moment, I, let's see if I can remember what I wrote in the book, but I don't know if it's exactly what I wrote in the book, but I can tell you what I probably was thinking at that time was that I can consider, first of all, that my husband doesn't even know that I'm expecting him to acknowledge me. So how, how would he know, right? Like how, how would he know that? Right. And I considered that if he knew, right, if he knew that I was expecting him to acknowledge me, he actually would because he's a good guy and he would do that. And I considered, you know, my kids were just like enjoying the meal so much that they also, they just weren't thinking about me, but it has, I considered that it had nothing to do about me. Right? A lot of our stuck spots, we take it personally and we make it about us, but I considered it has nothing to do with me. It's just, there's just not thinking about it. That's all it is. Like, right. that have to be, I don't have to take this personally. And so in that moment, so basically in the C step, you have to take on at least one consideration and that's what gets you unstuck. So I took on that I am just going to acknowledge my husband verbally out loud for the work that he did that day and that week. And I'm also going to verbally acknowledge myself, non-verbally acknowledge myself. But what happened was I acknowledged him, which obviously was like, it's not something that I do often, I guess, in front of the kids, like acknowledging my husband for working so hard and being such a good husband that I think he was like in this state of shock. Like, why are you acknowledging me? (laughs) What happened was he acknowledged me in return. Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing that. I wasn't trying to get it out of him, but that's just naturally what happened, which was right. actually nice. It was nice. So that's the step that you get unstuck. And I think it's important to, to say that that was not your intention, because if it is your intention, then you're kind of coming from a place of like trying to manipulate and try, kind of passive aggressive, as opposed to out of love, just really acknowledging him. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong. Had you acknowledge yourself out loud either, right? You said you did it internally, but I, my personality is just to be like, wow, I worked really hard on this dinner. Isn't it amazing? Don't you love it? I'm enjoying it, right? Like I don't, (laughs) I would do that, but I know not everybody has that, you know, chutzpah as we say, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to imagine if I would have done that with my, (laughs) but anyway, yeah, Yeah. that's possible. (laughs) That's a consideration. (laughs) So, and also, I mean, the consider part, I think it's just reminding me of a lesson I did 
in school this past week with, I am a school counselor. And so I was in the first grade and we're talking about empathy and seeing things from other people's perspective. And so I would give them um, a scenario and I would say, for example, okay, you, you see your friend sitting in the main office of the school, what could be going on? And they had to come up with all the different options of why that child is sitting in the, in the main office, right? And so it was amazing because they came up with so many different reasons. And then we'd go on to the next situation and consider all of the different things that might be going on. So yeah. it was, it's a great opportunity to you know, teach your children to have this perspective as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the K. What is that about? So the K, right. So technically you get unstuck at the C. So technically you don't really need another letter, but I purposely wanted that last step there because oftentimes I found that when I got stuck, that I would also get stuck on resentment towards myself or shame or embarrassment or guilt for having gotten stuck in the first place. Mm -hmm. You get stuck. It's so not pretty. Like if you could see yourself in the mirror when you're stuck, it's like, it's, it's just ugly. And who wants to be stuck, you know, and who wants to stay stuck for a long time? And so immediately, once you get unstuck, the first thing that you do is that you, K is for kindness, is that you hold yourself in self-kindness, which is basically the compassion. It's the self-compassion, holding yourself in that place saying, you know, Shira, you're human. That's what the mind does. It's okay. And move on. You got unstuck. Everything's okay. Right. So that's what the K is for. I love that. Yeah. I think it's, it's a very, I'm glad you added the K because I think it's really important to show yourself compassion. And, you know, even though you get unstuck out of that moment, beating yourself up about getting stuck in the first place will then keep you stuck. Right. So I think it is necessary to have that K there. So can you tell us, okay, so let's just review. We have stop. So bring yourself to the present moment. Tell is about uncovering what you're feeling, right? And acknowledging Mm -hmm. that. And then uncover is uncovering the beliefs and the thoughts that are causing you to feel that way. C is for considering what might not be true about your beliefs and what other things may be true. And then K is kindness and self-compassion. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Thank you. You created that. That's so amazing. Okay. So let's talk about a couple of other examples, either your personal examples or maybe, you know, of people that you've worked with. One of the emotions that a lot of my clients come to me with, a lot of listeners of this podcast is guilt and feeling like they're not a good mom and measuring up. So can you talk us through a story, a personal story or somebody that you've worked with where they got unstuck from that feeling? Yeah. I mean, I could tell you probably on a daily basis, I get, I get myself unstuck quickly, but I get stuck on feeling guilty that I'm either I'm not a good enough mom or, you know what? I'll give you a really good example. This is like a really, really, really recent example. So I have four kids, as I mentioned, and my third child attends um, a school that's not a typical school. It's a um, Montessori, Mm -hmm. you know, education Montessori. 
So it's not frontal learning. It's not like the kids, they don't get, you know, workbooks, they don't get books, they don't get homework. Um, they don't have desks. They don't, it's a very different kind of school, right? So they have what it's called, it's called like, like corners of the room in the classroom. Okay. And they basically choose where they want to go. And there's no workbooks or anything. It's just these like objects, you know, like beads and pieces of wood and things like that. And they're learning basically on their own. Now, I have felt for many years that my son isn't really learning. Like I have this fear that he's not really learning. And when he goes to high school or middle school, he's, he's going to be really far behind. But I just kind of, you know, the teachers just kept, no, he's doing great. He's doing great. Well, last week he took a math test to make sure that he's like, you know, where all the kids in sixth grade should be. And he bombed it. He bombed it. He's mm -hmm. like, he should be knowing like basic fractions and basic multiplication. And he couldn't do any of it. And I felt like the worst mother in the world. How did I, I knew there was a problem, but how did I not stay on top of this? How did I not put my feet down and say, there's a problem. This kid needs help or, or take him out of the school or put him in a new school or something. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I don't even know what grade level he's on in math, but he is far from sixth grade. And this just happened last week. I was feeling so guilty. And I knew that feeling guilty wasn't helping me. It wasn't right. going to get me anywhere. And it wasn't going to get him anywhere. Mm -hmm. And he cried to everybody. It wasn't going to get any, it wasn't going to, wasn't going to move anything. And so the first thing I needed to do was get unstuck. After that, I knew I needed to take some sort of action. But the first thing is I kind of, I, I needed to get clear on what was going on here. So I'll walk you through quickly through the steps. So S, I took a stop. T, I was feeling stuck on guilt. U, I believed it was my fault mm -hmm. that child does not, he's not on the right level of math where he should be. And I investigated that. Is that my fault? And I said, it's not 100% my fault. It's not. Mm -hmm. Like when I, it's, it's just not. Right. Even my mind, my mind is telling me, it's Shira, it is, it is. But, you know, it's not. I take it out. I write it on paper. Shira, you know, I believe it's a 100% your fault. It is not. See, what can you consider? I considered um, a ton of things, getting him help. I considered speaking to the principal. I considered speaking to the main teacher. I considered sitting with my kid every single day after school for 20 minutes because he hasn't done homework in six years because they don't have homework. He doesn't even know what homework is. I considered, you know, spending that time with him and catching him up on my own, you know, without hiring anybody. And that's what I considered. And that's the, that's the consideration I took on. And then K, I held myself in self-kindness that I got stuck on guilt because it happens to every mother. You know, we're all going to feel guilty at some point. Now, so my mind is going to, because I work in a school, like I said before, and, you know, I deal with parents on a daily basis. Now there's the parents who go to guilt and then sometimes they get out of it or the parents who don't even go to guilt at all, but they go directly to blame right? And anger and, you know, getting so angry at the school and, and it's their fault. And so did you go to that place next? 
I did. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> did. I was stuck. I was okay. so stuck. I went to the teacher. Mm-hmm. I was very kind. I wasn't very rude, but I wasn't rude, but, but like maybe midway into the conversation, you know, the tears started. Mm-hmm. Like, but I told you, don't you remember? I told you there was a problem. Don't you remember? We, I, we had this three years. It's the same teacher for three years. Mm-hmm. Same teacher for three years. And I kept saying, I said, I kept saying to you, you're, you're not seeing my kid. You're not. And she kept saying, but he was fine. Everything was. So I definitely went to the blame game there. And I went to the principal and I said to the principal, I think this teacher is obviously not seeing my kid if, he, you know, so I definitely did that. And then I came home and I said, wait a minute, you're just blaming everybody. And that's not, that's not helping the child. And I'm now full of all of this negative, yucky energy because mm-hmm. I'm filled with is just blaming the world. That's not making me feel any better. Right. So- and I mean, it's human, right? It's like our, our brain wants to blame somebody and, but you're right. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good, number one, and it doesn't help move us forward in the way that we want to when we're feeling angry and guilty and blaming everybody else. Right. So what did you, what did you do to get unstuck from that? Well, that was also part of the process. I was trying to keep it short, but definitely I had, you know, beliefs of, I believe this, it's the fault of the teacher. I believe that this is all her fault. This is totally all her fault. And I, I I said, it's not, it's, that's not 100% true. I think it's part the teacher. I do. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's part of the system that not all kids are great in this specific system. And I think it's part the kid that if you have a, like an industrious kind of kid who's, you know, really excited about learning and all that, like he probably wouldn't be in this situation, but I have a kid who's kind of not passionate, you know, he's not so interested. So it, I, so, bl- you know, when I blamed the teacher, Yes, there is an element of it, but I recognize it's not 100% true. I can't blame this whole thing on her, as well as the principal. Can't blame her mm-hmm. for hiring a teacher, right? And so I just basically, the same thing. It's like taking the thoughts out, looking at them, investigating them. And when you recognize it's not true, it's like, okay, so what is true? What else is possible? Right. Yeah. And right. I just- How do you want to move forward from here, right? All of that happened- the way that it happened, there's nothing you can do to go change it now, right? So now moving forward, what can we do? And, and how can we use this information from the math test to get your son what he needs? Yes. Yeah. Wow. And he went and he had his test today and he came home and I said, how did you do? And he said, I think I did good. And I said, great. Did you, did you get all of the, you know, all the, all the uh, questions? And he said, I think there's like one or two I didn't get, but overall, I think I did really good which is great. And the truth of the matter is I don't care about the score. What I care about mostly is his confidence and that he feels that he can at some point feel like he's at the level of the rest of the class. So we're working on it and, and we're going to get there. And I just want to offer you one more thing. Has he even ever taken a test before in that that kind of test? That's a good question. I think maybe once a year or something, they do this kind of just like standardized, just checking up with the kids. So yeah. it's, he's not used to taking tests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's a so good that's question. another thing to consider. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell us if people are interested in learning more about your, your method and working with you, how do they do that? Where do they find you? Yeah. So they can find me on my website, which is Shira Gura. 
www.getunstuck.com. And I am on Facebook. I have a group called Getting Unstuck. But by the time this goes live, I have a feeling the name of that is going to change because I am changing and I am growing and my brand is kind of growing and changing. So you can look for Getting Unstuck, but most likely it's going to be called Living Deliberately. Mm, nice. Okay. And you you have such a cool name, by the way, Shiragura. Like do, do other people tell you, it's just fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> when I met my husband, I was like, I am not taking on your name. That is like the weirdest sounding thing. Like Shiragura, what, what kind of person has So I love saying it. It's fun <laughs> and it's memorable. So I think you should thank him for that name. Um, <laughs> I will put your information obviously in the show notes and you also have a podcast. Yes, I do. It's called getting unstuck. And I'm also, I'm just at this like place in my, it's really my, it's me. It's my personal growth. It's mm -hmm. not, it's me. And when I'm growing the business, my, what I'm doing in the world is changing. And so for a long time, my goal in life was to get unstuck. That's it. Like yes. I was stuck. All I wanted to do was get unstuck. And, I'm, and I've grown from that place. So I created a second tool that I'm um, developing. I'm really working on it now. I'm actually writing my second book. And maybe one day uh, I'll come back on your podcast and share with you this, this uh, second tool. But what I am now, I'm in this really weird place right now because I'm, I have this tribe, right? I have these people that are with me in this Facebook group and I have people that are working with me and I'm not just getting unstuck anymore. I'm getting clear. And so I'm teaching my people also, it's not just about getting unstuck. It's about getting clear. It's about moving forward. Mm. It's about looking backwards and getting unstuck from something that happened, but it's about moving forward. The truth of the matter is I'm not sure about the podcast either. I actually wrote to the podcast people today to say, what happens if you want to change the name of a podcast? Do I need to start over or do I, can I change the name? Like, I really, I really don't even know the answer to that. You can, you can change the name. Oh, okay. Good to know. Yeah. So right now it's called getting unstuck mm -hmm. and I believe it's going to be called living deliberately. And in that world of living deliberately, there are going to be two tools. One is the unstuck method and the other one is the clear way. So all the ways to reach you will be in my show notes. And I want to just thank you again for reaching out to me and getting in touch. And I, I loved your book. I will link to that as well. And I hope to have you on again the next time so that we can talk about this new tool for moving forward. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you like this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com. <laughs>